Hey everyone, welcome to the Prospecting Podcast brought to you by Lead IQ. If you're looking for a podcast that talks about sales, building pipeline, and creating a positive buying experience for your buyers, you've come to the right place. You know what else is cool? If you're an SDR, BDR, AE, and you don't want to do data entry anymore, you should go check out Lead IQ. You can go to leadiq.com and make a free account right now. It'll let you capture prospects from LinkedIn Sales Navigator into your favorite sales tools in one click. No more data entry, baby. If you manage people or are responsible for building pipeline, shoot an email over to sales.leadiq.com using the subject podcast, and we'll give your whole team a God account to test it out. Let's dive into some prospecting, shall we? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Prospecting Podcast. I have a special guest today that I definitely rehearsed saying her first name six times before hitting the record button here today. I'm really excited. Everyone say hi to Ariane Craig. What's up, Ariane? Hi. Do people ever call you cool like nicknames or anything? Like, do they call you like a bomb or anything cool like that? No, but um, often people will try to call me Ari or Ari, and that's a rough one, right? Oh no, because there's no. Why would they even get that? Ari's not even. That's not even. I'd say. Um, for people that don't know who you are or what you do, tell tell the people at home what you do. Well, first of all, like first of all, um, what like above all, I am a mother to a wonderful boy named James. Um, he is 11 years old and he is my inspiration and my teacher in so many ways. Um, after that, I, um, I started my career in tech. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about all things SDR land, right? So sales development, all the processes, I would almost say I'm addicted to the process. Um, And as of recent, I have had the opportunity to grow into a new, very new management role as the SDR leader at LucidWorks, which is machine learning search AI for um, B2B companies and B2C companies. So here we are. That's actually going to be our big theme for today. First off, I'm glad that your 11-year-old uh, son can inspire you because I model my life and haircut after an 11-year-old boy. So <laughs> like, that's that's perfect, obviously. For people, that's great. a great joke for podcasting when usually it's audio only, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you can look up pictures. I want to <laughs> go. Oh, I'm on it. You'll notice. You'll notice right away that yeah, I, I, I have the boy. haircut. You know what the funny part is? Is if I cut my hair short, I look like a little boy. So like I have to have a little boy haircut all the time to make it seem like I'm older than I actually am. That's like, that's the whole gimmick here. Um, so um, Ariane, 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 I'm going to say it correctly. I don't want to screw up. Um, yeah. But um, you've been in a management role for a little while. I thought today we'd talk a little bit about like what, what it's like. You're four months deep. There's been a lot of like, it's probably a weird shift from going from like full-time prospector um, for people that don't know too. You also worked at Sendoza before too, which is great. Cause like, really cool company doing a lot of really neat stuff with prospecting. So we, we can dive into that a little bit too, but um, what's it like? What's the deal? Give us the rundown. What's it like to be a, a manager? What, how different is it compared to being, being someone that's an individual contributor? Here's the thing, um, Ryan, I, I, nobody tells you this, but, and maybe they do, but you don't believe it. I didn't certainly um, the amount of meetings that monopolize your day is, is big. And if you allow them to take over your calendar, then like your meetings are running you and you're not running your meetings. So like, first and foremost, say no, like master the art of saying, Hey, yeah, I'm not bringing value to this and I'm not getting value out of this. So hard. No. 
um, really kind of investing my time where it'll make the most impact and where it matters the most, which for me, of course, is my team. Um, but number two, I'd say the imposter syndrome that people talk about, like it's a thing. It's really oh, yeah. a thing. like it, it's, it's sometimes I, I hear the word manager and I have to tell you, like, I'm an ally. I'm a peer, right? Like I get in the grid of things and I help my team, um, whether it's because I've had industry experience at other places like Sendoso or SAP. Um, I, I really like to lean into that and utilize to help. So I'd have to say like the first four months meetings, saying no to meetings, um, but also never losing sight of like where you come from, right? And like why you're good and why you're where you are because you know how to do things. And, um, you know, they also teach me a lot of cool stuff too. I, I feel like I'd want to work for you. That's a good answer. Cause yeah. a, a big part of managing, I think is really wrapped around empathy, right? You have to, it's similar to sales. Actually, if you're prospecting or selling to someone, you want to have empathy and put yourself in their shoes. But when you're managing people, you need to have empathy and put yourself in their shoes. So like, what are, what are some scenarios of like, what's it like interacting with your reps that are on your team? Like, what do you guys do? What's the cadence? Like, do you meet every day? Do you meet weekly? Do you like, what's, how's that? Is it organized? Is it disorganized? Is it random? Like what's, what's, the, what's worked for you? Yeah. So at first it was every day. We met every day for a morning huddle. I have a hybrid team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important for us to feel like we are close um, by seeing each other. And I'm huge. I know this is, I know some folks will, will push back on this. My team doesn't They actually really enjoy it, but cameras on, like, let's show up and let's connect. I don't care what your hair looks like. It's cool. I'm, I'm human too. We're human. Let's show up here together. Um, it means a lot. It influence, it influences how we treat each other and how we show up. But um, since, since like week three, I've cut down the daily meetings because, um, you know, we slack all the time. So I've got my morning huddle on Mondays. Um, I've got my one-on-ones throughout the week. And then there's usually a touch point towards, you know, Thursday, Friday, where we kind of, you know, kick off, circle back, see what works, see what doesn't work, what works, what worked for some, um, and just bounce, bounce off each other. Let's dive into that for a second. So what do you do in the meetings? So you're doing these, you go through, do you go through call recordings? Do you go through email? Like what, what's it like? It must be kind of fun, right? Like what do you guys do? Well, it is fun. Um, I am not a stranger to calls. I'll get on calls myself and we can review my calls. Like wh- whoever's got something, there is mm-hmm. no such thing as good or bad. There's only room for growth, right? Um, so we do it together. I've got an amazing sales enablement team. Shout out to Tori. She's my unicorn. No joke. Um, We have this beautiful document and it's a progress tracker and self-development tracker where the team shows up to our one-on-ones prepared with a call attached to the document, their um, positive feedback on the, on the call. And then their, their, um, feedback on, on room for improvement. So we listen to it together. We dive in deeper. And then from there, that kind of guides what we're going to focus on throughout the week. So if it's like practicing that pitch or, you know, like layering customer success stories in our outbound so that naturally, you know, comes, comes out of, of 
of their mouth and they're speaking to customers or prospects. Do you mock call too? Like, will you do a mock call where like, you're like, well, tell this story from, from uh, lucid works, like share this thing. Like, is that, is that like, absolutely. They, absolutely. they get reps doing it with you and then they go do it on the, the on the, on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. We do it all the time. And I got to tell you, Ryan, like one of the best parts of lucid works is the account executive team that we have, like across the board, I can, I just, I can tell you how influential they are and how much they support the role. So one week there's going to be a mock call with um, one account executive and one SDR. And then, you know, we back and forth, record it, listen to it. The AEs give feedback. Um, They do the mock call again. It's just such an amazing team collab. There is no room for failure only opportunities for growth. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so real. Hey, that's the, the no room for failure is not a cliche thing. I'm going to tell you guys a story really quick because it's fun and we can do that. It's a podcast. That's what we do. Many years ago, yeah. I, I BDR'd a event uh, that was called Surge in Baltimore. And it was for like all these hosting providers and companies that do stuff with like network engineering. And they had Gene Krantz speak there. And if you don't know who Gene Krantz is, he's the guy that ran mission control during the Apollo 13 mission. And if you've ever seen the movie Apollo 13, Ed Harris plays his character. Um, But he gave a speech about failure not being an option. And literally like there wasn't a dry eye in the room. (laughs) Like, and I was like, the lights came back on when he was done. And I'm just like, oh crap, everyone's going to see me cry. Because he was talking about how like the whole country was watching them while these astronauts were in space because back then it was like the big story, whatever the astronauts were doing was like the top headline whenever they were out on a lunar mission. So um, whenever you say failure is not an option, I always think of it because that was what his book was called. And um, that's what his talk was called. It was incredible. I, I wonder if he's still alive. He's probably not alive anymore. I'm guessing because he was, he was very, um, he was up there. I think he was in his eighties when he did the talk, but it was still an incredible talk. Um, so can I tell you something, Ryan? So I've actually had dinner with Bill Paxton from Apollo 13. Um, oh no, I love Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rest so, in peace too. Yeah, no funny story. My my dad owned a limousine company in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so one of his biggest clients, yeah, was, uh, no you know, that was, you know, that was like his, his, his story. I mean, and so it was really nice to be 12 years old and have dinner with somebody that, um, that we idolized and pretty amazing to be honest. What'd you do with the heart of the ocean, Rose? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right. Terribly underrated actor. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, you've been getting back on track. What do you do when a rep's struggling? Like, what are some things if you're listening to this and maybe you're a rep struggling or you're a manager or a leader and you're, you've got some people man, uh, that are struggling. How do you diagnose what's going on? Like, cause that's kind of a hard thing. I have some theories in my head, but like, I'd love to hear like, how do you deal with this? Obviously. Well, I, I think that it all starts with understanding where the struggle comes from, like all things in life, right? Like, where's that pain point? And like, let's take a step back and SDR the heck out of this situation. Um, Where does that pain point come from? What have we done to support and elevate uh, the person that that's struggling or that 
I don't even like to use the word struggling more that needs, that needs support. Right. Um, what have we done? Are we speaking their language and how are we tracking that progress? I think that no one likes to struggle. It's uncomfortable. We know when we're struggling in areas, it's not a secret. So like having that safe place to elevate each other, but like looking at, looking at this as a team effort where yeah. there, again, no room for failure. We're not failing here. We're just getting better and we're doing it in a safe place together. So, um, and then after that, of course, like, you know, you peel another layer of, of the onion hashtag SDR life, right? Like the wise, um, you know, what, once we've applied the support and the strategy to become better, are all parties showing up management, including included, you know, really just peeling back the layers. I, I feel like, um, there's lots of stuff that you can do to diagnose where a struggle might be happening too. Like what, um, one thing we've seen, let's go through, we could actually go through a list of things that you might be looking for if you're not hitting quota. One of the most obvious ones is, uh, not doing enough activity. Um, that mm. one's kind of, mm. that can happen sometimes, but yeah. it's not about increasing quantity. It might be the quality of the activity that you're doing. And that's like a balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet spot, right? Like, can you scale quality? Can you scale good? And if you can't like, let's do it. So I can show you really quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, so let's pretend you're dealing with that struggle. Let's say you're, you're having trouble scaling quality. What are some ways that you've been able to, uh, you know, whether it was you individually or doing it for your reps, um, what are some ways you can do that? Like what, what are some ways to be better at, I guess, scaling a little bit more with the quality? So I want to make this super clear. I have been the rep that, um, that has struggled in early days. And the worst thing that happened to me was feeling like I couldn't raise my hand. Um, that was super uncomfortable and it was a quiet sink. And I knew I was thinking the whole time, the best thing that's ever happened to me was strong leadership that led with empathy. And so like, don't just tell me what I need to do help me get there. Show me what that process looks like. The way I do it with my team is jump on a zoom call. Let's share our screens and either I will show a workflow that's easy and that's repeatable. And then I have them show me theirs. Or sometimes I don't even touch on theirs because I know what it looks like. I'm digging through their entire weeks of outbounding. So I know what's happening and I know what's not. Um, but helping them and empowering them to replicate that process and do it week in, week out. Now there's accountability that comes with that, right? Like if we have these conversations and we invest this time into the process and it's not being repeated and it's not being committed to, then, hey man, like this is no longer a fair um, partnership. Like we're showing up here, but like, is it consistent? And if it's not, could that be the reason why we're not meeting the goals and the objectives that we want to get to? That's, that's a great answer. Uh, when you know that something's not working, like you look under the hood a little bit before and say, I'm just going to show them some ways to make the process better. What's it look like? What are they usually doing? That's not working. It's usually complacency. That's the biggest culprit. And I think complacency comes from, um, uh, it, you know, lack of either motivation or morale, right? So it's super important to have that morale elevated. Um, and I think that the way to do that is celebrate all the small wins. 
small, big, everyday, weekly, it doesn't matter. Like in this role, you have to celebrate the wins no matter what they look like. And so, um, you know, it's a motivator, it's, 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 it's fuel to get you to the next win. Um, I just got lost into my own thoughts. No, that, that's good. So complacency, <laughs> um, a lot of the time, I, one thing that I used to notice with people when they were prospecting is there was a monkey see, monkey do effect. Or like mm-hmm. they'd see one person do something on the team and they'd try and do that. It might not actually work for them. They're, they might mm-hmm. be wired differently, right? Mm-hmm. But being honest to that creativity, right? Like, so you're absolutely right. I've got one, one of my peers who is so good on the phone. I mean, like just killer, right? Killer. There is no way that I can take what's his and try to duplicate it. Yeah. myself that's just not a thing one like yeah. don't be that person but two, like figure out that process and see if it if it's something you can fit into what you're doing right like being authentic and genuine with your creativity and figuring out what works for you so you can start getting better at it but here's the thing ryan like when people fail often they just don't want to get back up yeah you gotta get back up to figure out what that process is going to look like like relentlessly, like don't ever stop, period. What do you think gets in the way of sales reps hitting their quota when they're prospecting and building pipeline? Like what, what are things that you've seen not work before, whether I see or in your four months of managing so far? Um, what is it? Like what's usually the prognosis? Because people listening, if you're a leader and you're probably like, man, my team's having some struggles. What's not working? I, I'm having trouble identifying that. What are some things that like, you see, like I, I could think about like time management's a big part of it. How are you spending your time? Mm-hmm. Is your process easy? Um, what are things that like you've noticed that usually correlate with someone having some struggles? So I'm happy that you name drop time management. This is not just for like SDRs and AEs. This is for like everybody, leadership, myself, me, you, Maza, everyone. Time management is a big one and it seems so simple, but it's not, right? So like, I, I use colors to color coordinate my calendar. I know this sounds silly, but for me, like that's what drives my attention. Um, I can't do super uniform. So mm-hmm. however that works for the rep and a lot of the times they don't know what works for them. And if they don't commit to something, they can't figure out what works for them. So like helping them understand um, the long road or like the long-term impact this will have If they have that structure and commit to it, like, how are you showing up? Is there intent in how you're managing your time? And how does that intent impact your goals? Is it negative or positive? If it's negative, we got to redo it. A, B, test it. Let's talk about color coding your calendar. Um, (laughs) How do you do that? What's a good system? Because I I could use that probably. (laughs) Well, how do you do it? So as, as an SDR or as a manager? Um, I kind of like either. I didn't even know you could color cord your calendar. I'm now like quietly going over and checking it out. Yeah. Tell me everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everything that is a must attend, like high priority, I put in red, in red, no matter what. I know that that is like dangerous and crucial and will impact me negatively if I don't attend. So like red's not an option. Then I have optional, which I usually do in lavender, purple, and or yellow. And then I have green, anything that'll bring money or um, high personal and professional impact to Ariane, period. 
Now it was a little bit different when I was an SDR, right? Like my yeah. call blocks were different. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of how I play around with it. Uh, so, uh, if you're listening and you don't color code your calendar, Arian's judging you and I'm so hard and I'm bragging that I know how to say your name. That's, that's my bragging right there. I got it perfectly. Um, what, so, all right. So time management's a big part of it. Um, let's, how much of it, how much of it is, I know you mentioned morale. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you do to kick up morale on the team? I I love the empathy thing. I, I would want to work for you if you were saying that. Um, I know that like, I think it's a really important thing that's helped me at lead IQ working with May is like, I have my, our CEO, like she has empathy for me and listens and and we talk a lot about stuff. Um, dive into morale a little bit. I kind of want to know, like, what are some things you do to get morale up? Yeah. So this was like a little bit of a struggle for me at first, right? Cause seen, heard, understood, right? So when you go from an individual contributing role into people management, um, now people want to be seen, heard, and understood in different ways, right? So like being able to pivot and adapt to your audience. Again, my audience is my team. Those are my peeps. That's my fam, like my work fam. So what drives so-and-so on the team? If it's not money and if it's not spiffs, then I'm not going to throw out a $200 spiff for, you know, meeting your weekly KPIs. That's not going to drive them. Tapping into that EQ and understanding who your team is and what matters to them, right? Otherwise that morale is not going to be sustainable, right? If we don't know how to motivate and we don't know how to engage, you're, you're speaking in the dark. I wish more people could also see the big picture of their role. Like when I was a, a BDR, I never thought like years later, I'd be doing this. You know what I mean? You don't realize that like how much of a stepping stone it is to your career, getting good habits young and figuring this stuff out when you're in the workforce. And if you're an older SDR, that's still prospecting, like figure out how to, to, you know, feel fulfilled while you're doing that is really important too. Here's the thing, Ryan, you're not done prospecting, right? Like even yeah. in your role today here, like people don't tell you like this role will carve out the best version of who you are. No matter where you go, you are not done looking for an opportunity to be happy, to date, to make money, to get a car, to buy a dog. Like the shit never stops. It doesn't matter. So get good at figuring out what you want, how to get it and drive it consistently so you can actually attain it, period. All right. I got to ask some questions about some tactical stuff because it's always fun. Okay, go. So you've got some you've got some new reps coming in. You just hire them. You're training them and teaching them some stuff. Obviously, you're working with sales enablement, but um, you're looking at their cold emails. What are you looking for in a cold email? Uh, so the first thing I look for is subject line, right? Like, mm-hmm. is this person just using the cadence and not leveraging any personalization? That's huge to me. Um, also, it helps me kind of filter where I'm looking. And then I I go into the body of the email and I like to see like not high level personalization or, Hey, like I like your black lab. He's super cool. Check out why you should consider machine learning and search AI for your (laughs) online score. That makes no sense. Literally like the point is to tie it in together. So it it's meaningful. Right. Um, So I'm looking for, the personalization that's going to tie in with the body of the email. 
And don't give me like a three paragraph book because like I'm slammed and I don't have time for just like a three paragraph book. That's silly. Let's simplify it. Hashtag lavender and lead IQ like all day, every day. Let's, let's, let's play this game. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do this little game. Mozzie, you want to play a game? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to bring up a fake personalization item for someone. And we're going to have to figure out a way to fit our value props. Into it. I, I, I was going to try to play off on that, the, the black lab over there, but me too. Me too. All right. So, so like, okay. yeah, let's, let's say that, let's say that I'm selling Lucid Works and I see someone as a black lab. I might be like, I might use something like, I might tie something about the black lab and loyalty to mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's a link mm-hmm. you could do. You got to find also- like, if he yeah. has a black lab, then that means they shop at Petco. How often do they find the kind of harness they want to buy their black lab at Petco? Whoa, I assume a customer like, story is following up. Is that what's next? Then <laughs> if you're even more equipped and you have lead IQ and a Sendoso into your tech stack, like what are we sending this person to get in front of them, right? Like what is a meaningful way to connect with them that's going to stand out from the 18 other SDRs that are hitting them up at the same time, 15 minutes before lunch or after lunch. You got to figure out how to link the personalization to the value prop. And honestly, I think one of the best things to do is um, write down your value propositions that you want to use, right? Make it so that they're, they're kind of like, you can make a value prop, but write down the adjectives that apply to that value prop. And then when you whatever personalization you think you have matched up with the adjective and you got yourself a value prop you can line up so like should we pretend that i don't have lead iq and that i wasn't a huge champion in bringing lead iq over to lucid works and you know that there's a new manager of an sdr team like how would you tie in that value prop do we have time for that yeah <laughs> let's we can try i just don't want to make people up to i i think it might be better to pitch your product because i don't want people to be mad that we're pitching lead <laughs> iq on the podcast but uh, how about how about this? How about this? Let's pretend hypothetically that uh, we wanted to get the account executive team at Lucid Works to use Lead IQ, right? Sure. That's actually a realistic scenario. A lot of yeah. agencies do this too. Yeah. Um, and they do prospecting. You no, know, I'm going to tell you, not a lot of AEs prospect are AEs prospect and they're killer at it. Yeah, they're re- oh, that's that's awesome. It sounded like that earlier when you were mentioning the collaboration stuff. Um Whoever runs that, give us a personalization item and we can try and relate it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Give us, give us some, give us something that like we could probably find online about the person. Okay. Okay. Like right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you could think of something, if you can, it's okay. For my account executive leader. Yeah. You can just, you don't have to give their name or anything. You just like, we'll just come out with a game. Listen, pipeline is a thing across the board. I don't care who you are. Right. Like, you're, you have you ever been in into a pipeline review or a QBR? It is intense. People sweat. Okay, you're under the gun. Microscopes out. Um, what do we want to do? What's the objective? Drive more pipeline. How are we doing that? Getting in front of people that we haven't gotten in front of. Building those relationships. And so, what tools can we use to get us there fast, efficiently? I feel like she's selling for us. This is too good. <laughs> I know, um, silly. So the pi- the pipeline interview is really good. Um, you could literally take any link of personalization though, and you could fit it in. So you have reps that you onboard. That must be hard to teach them that, right? Do they just get better at it with muscle memory or do you have any tricks that you do to teach them how to make the personalization relevant? 
No, there first we have to we have to go go through the tricks first, right? And they're not even tricks, they're just industry processes, good processes. And then with practice, we're exercising that muscle. So the ability to identify um, your target account, the persona you want to go after, and then what's going to resonate with that and tie it into once like similar to what you said earlier, that value prop, pick that value prop and, and play with it, right? It's almost like a puzzle, piecing it together. Um, and, and once you exercise it with the specific persona title, then it gets easy. That's when that muscle memory starts to work. Do you teach reps to do it on a call too? Absolutely. I know it doesn't scale completely, but it, like, do you do it? Like, how do you, how do you do that? So can I, so little secret here, the best way I learned how to do it was by video prospecting because now you have to learn the pitch, right? You have mm-hmm. to make it sound comfortable. This is not just an email. So you're repeating this and then you're watching your video before you send it and you're tweaking it and you're learning it. And then like the visual, the written and the verbal just ties in together. It's, it's the best way to do it. You can't not video prospect. Mm-mm. I love that too. Cause it's fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, like I was thinking about like, what we used to do is like, we would tell people like, Hey, do your first outreach over cold email. Yep. And you already did the research so that when you do your call, you don't have to go like relook up their LinkedIn and read something mm-hmm. with an angle. Just look at what you did over email and do that over the phone. Like, and now you're driving consistency, right? Like you're following up on something that you recently sent them, you know, if they've opened it or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and so then it makes sense. There's a reason for the call and your cold call just turned into a warm one. Do you, uh, does your team ever do like blitzes together? Do you ever do blitzing? You know what? It's so funny. You bring this up because Natasha, I'm sure you know her well. Um, Natasha was telling me about a blitz and we did not do call blitz until recently um, over Zoom and how much fun. I get in there too. I I like it. We used to do, I didn't do it remote, but like I know I've been talking with some people that like they'll hop on Zoom Uh and they'll do private blitzes. Like you'll partner up with another rep and just take turns alternating and doing it. Yeah, we used to do it in like teams of two or three and and they were, almost as cool as when it was in an office in a, you know, an office environment, but, uh, they, they still worked. Everybody would always get a meeting out of it. Like every single time. And, and tie a spiff to that. Like, I mean, clearly like I I'm super competitive, right? So you don't have to tie money to it. You can just tie like a fake idea. Like if you do what you're supposed to do or land a meeting, you get this personalized drawing from my six-year-old oh my gosh I've never (laughs) wanted that drawing more in my life you should see it when somebody gets next to me on the treadmill at the gym it's on they don't know but like I know I know it's about to happen we go we go hard secretly so you you did one recently uh how'd you guys do it because you're hybrid right yeah we're hybrid um no one was in the office this is super new so um literally the entire no that's not true two of my reps were out and we were still hiring which we still are um we just got onto zoom and we knocked it out right so open up sales loft look at what we have coming up here what industry we're targeting what vertical what personas and we knocked it out together so you all worked on the same list or like did you rotate through or like what like people want to do the same thing and they're listening like what like how what, what how did it actually work we picked up on their, um, on their workflow. So 
let's say that one of my reps was working on B2B, uh, you know, manufacturing, pick it up, you know, like the team puts themselves on mute. They, they call and they go down, they hit two or three, and then we pass it over. Oh, that's cool. And then you would do two or three um, steps in sales loft on the cadence and then move to the next rep. Is that how that would work? Two or three calls, right? Because I'd have to say half of the calls don't get answered. Um, so we, we give it a fair shot, two or three calls or like three calls, and then we pass the mic over to the next person. Do, um, if someone gets no connect, do you still pass it over to the other person or do you keep it till they get an answer? No, two or three calls and they pass over. Okay. I was going to say, cause connect rates are pretty low, but that must be really fun. Do you all like react when the person gets a connect? Oh, like, <laughs> it is a win. Like all of a sudden cold calling turns into this. Ex- now you want somebody to answer, even if it's the front desk, right? Because now that you have an opportunity to actually ask more questions to the front desk person, it's just fun. Yeah. I really like that. That's great. Um, and, you got meetings out of it, right? That's the other cool part. Like mm-hmm. you guys did a spiff or something and then, and then um, are you going to do it again? Absolutely. And can I tell you, it's not even the spiff that drove that. It's the sense of community and support doing it together. Like hashtag team. Yeah. I, I love the idea of that I feel like, I mean, some of my friends that like were at my wedding were people that were my fellow BDRs when I worked at Dime. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. These are people that you, you build relationships, relationships with for life. Mm-hmm. the impact like the investment that you make in a company in a team in your time how does that impact your life now yeah. and later what does Espe- that look like especially with hybrid too like you're remote go hop on a zoom with somebody on a friday for 10 minutes and just talk for a couple minutes and vent about something that happened in sales that week yeah and i, I was just possibly happen in sales and ryan yeah. just remembered reminded me of the time that he didn't invite me to his wedding can I tell you something? You weren't in my life when I was planning the wedding. You were out of my life. For, so that's not my fault. You know what? Accountability. We got to wrap up this podcast anyway. Have some empathy, to, man. Have some empathy. I don't, I don't even want to have, I don't, yeah, this is bad. Um, what do you want to plug? Are you hiring? You want to, you want people to come join your team or what, what's happening? I, I am hiring. Absolutely. Um, I'm hiring. I'm looking for high energy, somebody that's got some, um, some experience in the space, but really uh, that positive energy and somebody who is not afraid to ask for help. Like coachability to me is huge. If you care enough to ask for coaching, you're my player. Like let's do, let's team up. Let's do this together. I hope you say that when you offer people jobs, cause that's really nice. <laughs> that's great. So like, if you're, if you're doing the, you know, the call you do when you're offering someone a job, like, how would you like to join the team? I love that call. But like, when you do that, you should be like, you should say that because that's that's rare, and that'll make someone be like, yeah, man, let's do it. I sometimes I feel like that's too vulnerable. <laughs> no, you're just like, hey, like I just want to let you know with this, any help you need, and I don't just mean little stuff. If it's coaching, no question is too dumb. Mm-mm. Like, except what's your favorite Bill Paxton movie? Because there's too many amazing. <laughs> well, ones. obviously, obviously. I'm pretty I sure know. we had a Bill Paxton appreciation channel in Slack at one point. We definitely did. That's so weird that you said that. Cause like I, I have a presentation. I did it literally last week uh, with 10 down where I had a picture of Bill Paxton and I talked about putting yourself into your prospecting. And I was saying like, Oh, you know, Bill Paxton is uh Bill. It doesn't matter. 
go go see a Bill Paxton movie, Simple Plan, Twister, Titanic, Aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. I can go down the list. True Lies is probably my favorite role he did. A lot of good movies. Um, I got carried away here. What happened? Anyway, <laughs> where are we? Uh, Lucid Works is hiring. If you want to come, if you're hearing this and you want to you want to go work for um, uh, Ariane and and literally get a really great coach, you should go talk to her. Um, and a nice sales stack too. She happens to use lead IQ. Maza, why would someone want to use lead IQ by the way, if they're signing Please. up for free? Cause I know we're doing an offer here. What's the plug? We are doing an offer 100 free credits to use for unlocking email addresses. For, 100. For 100. 100 captures, I believe is what they call it. You can send any lead you find on the internet into your favorite sales tools in two seconds. It saves you a ton of time and lets you focus on writing those amazing personalized messages and making it relevant. Think of that. Well, we, that's it. I mean, that's a plug. Was that an organic plug? Did we do a good job there? So you should let me. You should let me do your plug because, like, I can't stop talking about Lead IQ and how much it simplifies my work process when it comes to like an ABM approach to building out my week, getting the right titles into the right cadence, and scaling that. Like no more manual processes. 25 titles in the right cadence, 0.30 seconds. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Half, half, 15 seconds. Boom, done. Let's go. Wow. I got to I I end the podcast. I need another one. I, I can't <laughs> plug. I We can't do a better job plugging it. And we didn't pay her to say this, everyone. She's no. Just no, yeah. Her company paid us, I believe, too. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's, let's do. Let's, let's, right. Let's, there, there might be updates or something that we can get in on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, if you if you'd like, go follow uh, Ariane. I'm saying it correctly. You got it right. Yeah, got Arianne. it. I'm going to say it a hundred times so I never forget. We'll have to have you back on the show and check up on things that are going on with management and things you've learned as we yeah. watch you continue to grow in your career. It's been amazing. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. I guess. Uh, thank you very much. We'll see you. Thank you so much.